Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. That's right. Uh, I'm glad you were with us. Last week when we were together, we said we were going to talk about the riveting changes in the 401k space. Yes. And IRAs and stuff. There are quite a few. We will. Yep. Wake the kids, call the neighbors. We'll have those discussions. Here we are starting through the year. The old saying, so goes January, so goes the year. Means nothing. I don't believe any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's like saying, so goes today, so goes tomorrow. Eh, I don't think so. It is impossible to predict the future of the markets. You know what I found interesting? And we'll take some uh, some calls here uh, momentarily. But if we look, uh, Wall Street analysts in 2022... They nailed almost perfectly the predictions of the earnings of the S&P 500. Of the broad markets. The broad market. They, they as, a, as a group, they predicted $221 a share for the companies that comprise the S&P 500. Um, and based upon current, we don't know what the, how the fourth quarter is quite finished out yet, but it looks like the, they missed it by about $1. So less than a percentage point. That's how accurate on the, the group of um, on the S and P five hundred index, on the earnings, when <laughs> when it comes to how the overall markets did, they all missed out grossly. Um, so the S and P five hundred finished the year at thirty eight hundred and some change. Uh, we look at uh, J P Morgan was predicting the S and P at fifty one hundred. Goldman Sachs was predicting the S and P at fifty fifty. Citigroup was predicting the S and P at forty nine hundred. Um, they, they were all, Bank of America wow. said it was going to be 4,600. They're way off. Way off. They, but, but they, but they, so they predicted they what predicted they would about. earn, but they couldn't predict the price, which is actually, it makes all the sense in the world because um, the price of something is, is, over the short term is actually driven by uh, lots of factor, including emotional. Um, earnings of companies uh, are... Well-run companies um, can give ranges of what they actually think they're going to earn. Which is the whole point I brought this up because prices of assets can change over the short term that have no correlation to the underlying fundamental, the underlying value of it. That's why. You might buy the corner gas station for a million bucks, let's say, and you know it's earning $100,000 a year and you think this is great. And three years down the road, you go to sell it, and you might only get seven hundred thousand for it. And you're like, wait a minute, even though it's earning a hundred, continues right. to earn a hundred or more, because prices are based upon what people are willing to to purchase something for at that particular moment, and they can fluctuate over time. That's why when we talk about if you're going to own stocks, real estate, these are long term investments. Yeah, and what happens if you start using instruments that guarantee against losses in those portfolios you give up return you give up return those do there's not no come such, free there's it's in, it's in it's an insurance policy someone else is taking that risk and you are paying a premium for that and so i i was listening to the a radio show this last week where they were talking about these index annuities again and again and again and they keep talking about downside risk but they never talk about the upside caps what can happen if the markets do well which they will over time Yeah. Anyway, let's go to some calls because we've got calls here to talk with. Uh, to join our program, 833-99-WORTH. And we're in Tennessee talking with Margarita. Margarita, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, and Happy New Year. And thanks Thank for you. taking my call. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. Thanks what so much. part of Tennessee are you from, Margarita? Well, actually, I'm from Los Angeles, California. You don't sound yeah. like you're from Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually from Los Angeles. Okay. Um, how can we how can we help you? Um, I wanted to see get some feedback on whether I should pay off a mortgage loan. Okay. Um the ba- uh the balance of the mortgage loan is two hundred and seventy thousand dollars at uh two point nine nine uh per- 
interest rate. And what's the... Is it a 30-year or 15-year? It was a 30-year. And how how much time do you have left on it? Uh, about 19 years. Okay. And what's what's the value of the home? About... Eight hundred and ninety thousand. How old are you? How old am I? Yeah. You never ask a woman that. Oh, I don't. No, <laughs> Listen, I am not making judgments here. I didn't call you a woman or a man. <laughs> well, I, I, I declare I'm a woman. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm 61 years old. Thank you. 61. Thank you. I know I'm. I, I know I'm not supposed to ask a woman that. Although I never understood why. And are you retired? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. And um, are you, do you have a pension? I do. I'm fortunate and blessed. Uh, uh, I do have a pension. And if you were going to pay this mortgage off, where would you get the money to pay it off? Well, actually, I just uh, sold some property uh, the second time the feds increased the interest rate. So I was fortunate enough to be able to sell my property there then. And, and so it's what were the proceeds from that property? Correct. How how much money? Uh, total was two hundred eighty-five thousand. Okay, so you could easily take those proceeds, pay off this mortgage, and two eighty-five after tax, I assume. Correct. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, because you can invest in cash assets right now and earn more. Yes, yes, I would. You could put you could put money in a high yield savings account and earn more than you're paying. Because actually, that's what the money is located right now. Uh, I did a ladder CD um, about, I started it about maybe six months ago or so. And, w- and what's the yield on the, how far out did you go on the ladder? How many years? Well, I, I, I staggered it. I just, I have a six month CD. I, I believe it's at like 4.2. AP, APY, right. and <clears throat> we'll stop there. So if you're earning four and a quarter percent on risk-free money and paying 2.99%, if this was the all- only reason you would look at paying it off, you would think about it is because that monthly mortgage payment you need to make each month. But there's no reason you couldn't structure it in such a manner. I, I would just take the money out of your cash account each month to make the mortgage payment. If that's a problem. Okay. I, so what you did is exactly what we were going to recommend you do. Yeah, it's perfect. It was perfect. But I would, I would take, I would take the money from those CDs and use that to pay that mortgage. Well, why? Because I have a feeling that's the only reason she's thinking about paying off her mortgage. Well, how, how much money do you have in? Do you? How much is your pension? Um, I net about eight thousand a month. And how much money do you have in four hundred one ks, IRAs, four fifty seven things like that? Um, I have a rollover I, IRA about two hundred eighty six thousand. I have a Roth IRA at about thirty seven thousand. I have a four fifty seven at about a hundred and forty eight thousand. I have another four hundred one k about thirty seven thousand. And then I have a mutual fund, uh, various mutual funds at about two hundred and thirty seven thousand. And then I have an emergency fund. About ninety thousand. I agree with Pat. You're like you're in great shape. You're awesome. Here's here's so just some cleanup. I I would do just a little bit of cleanup. Uh, You said your emergency fund was ninety. Don't pay off the mortgage unless unless and until interest rates are less than what your mortgage rate is. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so here's what I would do, Um, Margarita. By the way, are you married? No, I had a great divorce. Uh, would you Would you like to be married? There's <laughs> lots of people out there that would like to meet you. Hey, I tried hard for 25 years. So, um, so you want to take this rollover, the 457, the 401k, and you want to combine them all together and do uh, the single rollover. So you should take that 457 and the 401k and put it in the rollover together. Uh, and and then, you can have high, you can have great diversification in one IRA yeah. with a variety of different investment companies. Yeah, that's right. And, and the cost would be similar to whatever you're paying in the 457 and 401k. So that's just kind of basic cleanup to make it easier to manage. And then these mutual funds, you want to make sure they're, they're highly tax efficient. Truly great job. 
Great savings. Absolutely do not pay off the mortgage and uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to keep that mortgage. Let's continue on. Let's talk to Glenn in Northern California. Glenn, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hey, Glenn. Long-term listener. Enjoy the show. Thank you. you. I have three questions, but they're all complicated. So I think you'll only (laughs) want to take one. Great. (laughs) Let's start. Let's see where we go. So we're sitting on a lot of stock. My wife worked for a company for a long time, and it's Apple stock. And I think that's relevant because any other stock we might have sold. Anyways, it's valued. I'm sorry. Say say that again. It's a what stock? Apple. Apple. Okay. Thank you. Apple. Apple stock. So it's it's valued at three point five million dollars now, and we're trying to figure out how to get rid of it. And she <laughs> in a sense diversify away. I mean, she worked for Apple. Yeah, she had just retired from Apple. Yes. And is the three point five million? This is all outside of retirement accounts, not in the four hundred one k. It's all outside of retirement. Uh, well, actually, then it's more. In an IRA, there's one point two million. And but this 3.5 million is all from RSUs with a basis of about 500,000, I guess. Okay. And the IRA, and so, the, you're, there's 1.2 million of Apple in the IRA. Yeah, and one of the our IRAs is 1.2 million as well. So it, like we're doing everything wrong here. And to, okay. Oh, well, unfortunately, it was out. Apple stock. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I mean she got to work for uh, Enron or WorldCom yeah, or JP Morgan, J- <laughs> J- J- JC Penny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so the fear is we, we're in a, you know, we're in accumulation stage now. I'm 62. So I'm, I'm going to retire when I get laid off. And, um, you know, so I want to make, I want to use the, I want this money to be given as some sort of income and it, it, it doesn't pay a dividend. So I, it seems like it should be sell and buy something else. But, um, this was wondering your thoughts on, on what we, what we should probably and what do. do. You ha- what do you have in retirement accounts? What do you have in addition to this? And if you told me you had $50 million, I'm like, oh, no big deal. If, you, if this is all of your life savings, yeah. then... Eh. No, so in retirement accounts, total is close to $5 million. Not including the uh, 1.2 with the uh, Apple stock or yeah, including? including? So, you know, including the Apple okay. stock. So there's $5 million with that Apple stock also in one of the IRAs. Um, yep. And then the, you know, and then... For other money set aside for retirement, we have about a 1.5 kind of account that's intended and balanced to give us dividends. So, so sort of a, an income-producing account, uh, as opposed to say owning real estate and getting income that way. Um, and do you have any bond in your portfolio or fixed income? Uh, there's probably some. Um, I we use a financial manager who's managing that. Um, Actually, an Allworth financial manager. Okay. Uh, you might ask why didn't we ask him this question? Because we we listen to your radio show, so okay. it's fun to call him. <laughs> um. And what do you you're you're still working or about to retire? Or? Yeah, I'm still working. Um, and when I lose, I won't quit my job because I like it. But if economic factors lay me off, then I will retire. And, and what kind of for some, what jobs. what kind of income are you used to living on? What's the family yeah. income? What's the, what do we need? Twelve k a month okay. here in California, just paying property taxes. One hundred and forty four thousand dollars a year net. Yeah, net okay. after taxes. Well, that shouldn't be hard, but <laughs> but but you look at this, which is exactly. Uh, when Scott and I are looking at each other saying, okay, well, this, this is a diversification play. And how do you do that? How you do, how do you do that effectively as possible? Yeah. I mean, there's, you've got roughly $10 million of savings, right? Yeah. And you need 144,000 net, let's call it even 200,000 a year gross. That's a 2%. Yeah. Easy. I, I would be less fo- I would be less focused on income producing investments, more focused on what's going to produce a good total return long term. I mean, you can get. Yeah. Yeah. With a 2% distribution, you've got lots and lots of room for volatility in the marketplace. Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest thing on diversifying with Apple is the the stuff in the retirement account. That's, that's the easiest. And then, because there's no tax consequence. And then with the other stuff, I, I would look at um, a direct indexing strategy around that. With the Apple stock, yeah, but I mean, the the, okay. the question is okay. is is selling. When do we sell? 
That's right. Kind of the tax implications on it. Or do, and how much how much risk do you want to continue to expose yourself to? If there's, I mean, uh, it doesn't yeah. feel like there's risk in Apple because it's been such a great performer. But if we, obviously, if we all look at historical returns of companies, and no no one's a leader forever. And there has exactly. been risk then, in Apple know, in years past. Yeah. Right. And there always could be risk again. I mean, they're heavily dependent on China, and you know the oh. argument I use. Is, yeah, the know, risks are there. They just down or something. the yeah. risks are there. They're just. Don't, people don't always recognize them. So the the easy the, the thing that I'd start with is the 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 money inside of the IRAs and getting rid of the Apple inside of there, um, yeah. and then by doing that you've got yourself down to a thirty five percent exposure to Apple stock uh, in your uh, overall portfolio. And we've got some <laughs> taxes are going to be a real issue for you because. With $5 million in retirement accounts, let's go, it's a, a decade from now when you've got required minimum distributions, let's say it's going to be $10 million at that point, pretty realistically. Now your required minimum distributions are going to be about almost 400000 a year. So the first statement I would make on is uh, – I would make is I would plan on taking – on spending more than $12,000 a month. Yeah, and I've actually been considering dripping – you know, working with a FA – you know, dripping out of the the um, IRAs now to to sort of help lower the RMDs later. And are you giving any money to charities, or is that is that a goal? <laughs> that was question. That was one of the other two questions. What so all fits if, in? That's if why. Maybe we <laughs> if maybe we have so much money, we should consider a charitable. Remaining that's exactly stuff. what I was thinking. That way, we could get a dividend and and exactly not pay what, the tax. That's exactly what we're thinking. I mean. You can you can take some of these this Apple stock, transfer it to a charitable remainder trust. Once it's you get you get a tax you get some tax deduction, not the full tax deduction on the fair market value, but you get some tax deduction. The charity liquidates the stock. They don't pay any capital gain tax. Then they pay you an income, typically based until your until your your dying day. And then the remainder goes to the charity. Hence charitable remainder yeah. trust. And there's some different flavors of those. I. I like, I like that. that. If, I like if that. that. That if you want to leave some to some sort of charity, then that makes total sense. It never but, makes sense if someone's like, and I've met people they just, for whatever reason, they say, I don't think nonprofits are helpful, and I have no desire to give money to nonprofits. And if that's someone's mind, you know, worldview mindset, it make it makes no sense to set these up. <laughs> That's right, because you're still better off, actually, in the long run, paying the taxes. Paying the taxes <laughs> if you don't want the money to go anywhere else. But if you say, "Hey, I have some portion of my estate, I wouldn't mind going somewhere else," that can make make total sense. Yeah, and depending upon what that number is, uh, then I'd work around it. But Scott, wouldn't you use? Yeah, um, I think. Wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't we put in a uh, look at using a direct indexing around the Apple stock with the dividend? Uh, $1.5 million in the brokerage Probably. account. Probably. Depending on what the tax structure is with the assets in there. I'm assuming <laughs> that's it's not right. cash. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So this leads in, maybe this is worth them mentioning. One thing we want to do is if we were to put money in the charitable remainder trust, that means we can't access it in case of bad things, for that's example, right. long-term care. So the question would be, should we self-fund long-term care from this, or should we actually consider some of these interesting long-term care programs where you can put a bunch of money in, and right now, it's kind of like life insurance in that if you That's, don't yeah. use it, yeah. you'll get they, the principal back, but you don't... You know. It doesn't matter. It, it, that is... That is you You've have more, more than enough money to self-fund long-term care. Um, if you want that downside protection and you want to put you know, $300,000 into what they call their life insurance with a rider on it for long-term care. You know, you want to put a couple hundred thousand dollars. It's not going to matter one way or the other. It's, you know, the question is, do you want to self-insure or do you want to, that little bit of insurance? Um, it, you have more than enough money to self-insure for long-term care. More than enough. Okay. We haven't even started talking about the other assets outside of this. Correct. A home or no. real estate. Right. 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 So that. Well, that's part of the. the yeah. Okay. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. Understood. We haven't, you know, and I mean, 
some of the other planning is we want to sell the house here, but still stay in California and buy another house. So that's going to pump up our taxes and stuff. But I, I think that's in the noise. Kind of, yeah. So the, like that, the, the, yeah, if you want to buy it, you know, we have many clients with yours and I'm like, here's what it looks like. You're fine either way. That is not a big decision one way or the other. Um, okay. But I, if I were in your shoes, the first thing I would do is, well, I, I would diversify the, out of the Apple in the IRA immediately. And this right. other listeners can be like, what? That's such a good stock. Like, well, what if, I I'm, I had remember somebody talking to somebody with GE in 2000. This is in 2000. GE was one of the best performing companies in the 1990s. Clearly, the best performing long, large company, right? It was you couldn't go wrong. The stock did phenomenally well, and people argue, oh, it's so diversified, it's almost like the S&P 500. What's that stock done over the last? Oh, 20 it's years? been terrible. Scott whacked. It's less worth less now than it was 20 some years ago. Scott, I have a client that retired from GE uh, about. 15 years ago, and we had this conversation exactly. And he, he was like, well, it's, it's done great. I'm like, it did. It did great. It's not doing great. It did great. And there is, you know, tons of risk in a single holding that are unknown. Um, I reviewed his portfolio with him again last week. We still have a little bit of GE in the portfolio, and he's wondering how we could get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been right. a disaster for him. It, it has. So, Fortunately, so we it, we acted it, on that. It's funny you bring that up because I was heavily invested in GE because it was a dividend-paying stock. Um, once I hit 50, I decided I wanted stocks that were more safe, supposedly, and it was a dividend-paying stock. And of course, they cut the dividend as well as tanked. That, that's so, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and, and cutting the dividend may have been part of the tank, but it was a lot of financial engineering behind GE. But that's a different story altogether. But so if I were in your situation at this stage in life, okay. I would be personally, I would be more concerned about maintaining my lifestyle and what I've got. I'd be more concerned about that than trying to have the 10 million be worth 20 million. Right? That, that would be my. So I would the, like it to go to 20, but I would rather my number one concern would be make sure that I can maintain my. But and the, with that, it would be diversifying away, and I would diversify out of that IRA immediately, right, right away, right away. And, it, and you might say it's down, but the overall the market's other. down. I'm sorry, say that again, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then start diversifying out of the the. I would do. I would. The, I would do a. Yeah. I would seriously look into a charitable remainder trust. And tell us about your heirs. Do you have uh, children or someone that this money will go no, to? No, we have. We have no kids, and, and originally. We're set. We're, we're not oh, then dying. this we're might make even more sense okay. for a charitable manager. Yes, for a pretty it, good chunk of it. I could make an argument that this would make more yeah. sense for a CRT, charitable remainder trust. Okay. Yeah, if the plan is that you okay. don't, you, you don't have kids to leave it to, you've got a pretty significant no. estate. Yeah, so I mean, we might have some to leave to nephews or yeah, yeah, but like that, I mean, but, um, yeah. <laughs> there'd still be plenty to, <laughs> to sprinkle around. Yeah, the first thing right. I would do, okay. well, two things. I would I would diversify out of the the stock in the IRA immediately. And then I would do some planning. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's a real rush. I'd take some time to look at all your options on the charitable remainder trust and and get something set up. Are, are any of these uh, RSUs, your basis, are any of them have a high basis in them? The individual yeah, stocks? Yeah, they do. So we can drip some out now. Yeah. In fact, is the last RSUs are at actually 141. So I always watch. You know, it's funny because it, what you do now when you own this much in one stock is every day you get up in the morning and you look at the ticker price. Yes. I want to get away <laughs> you from You don't that. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. So there are some that we'll have no gain on, but there's, there's lots of the basis of 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah, so the stuff with no gain on... Just right now, or even with a little bit of gain on it, just yeah, right now, get too. get it out of the portfolio. Yeah. I mean, you're not in the state. That's you're not forty. Mean. You're not gonna. You're not right. gonna make so it up. You're 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 right now. It's uh, it it's preservation and deaccumulation. Exactly. That's what you. That's what you've taught us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not only that. I mean, Apple. There, it's it's. It's mathematically impossible for Apple's next 20 years, the performance of the stock, to be what it was the last 20 years. 
It's just not possible. We've had a really good growth phase. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, what's how much more can we increase the market share of iPhones? I mean, yes. <laughs> and how much? I mean, even even like what are the improvements from one, you know, generation to the next? Maybe they'll maybe, maybe they'll surprise us and come out. with Maybe something my else. phone will actually learn how to fly. I don't know. Agreed. I think we've seen great growth at that 1.2 million. Great. Ira. Well, very well for you. Growed only from the the, the after tax six thousand you could put into an IRA when you were working. So yes. Yeah. I think that only has a basis of you know sixty thousand dollars is at one point two million. So That's right. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So you know what to do, and I w- I wouldn't waste a Thank lot you. of time getting there. Um, and then you and your wife, you know, the in fact, if if you have a favorite charity. Um, these CRTs, some uh, charitable remainder trust, some charities will actually pick up the tab to actually oh, put yeah. them together. Uh huh. They'll do all okay. the work. They'll do all the estate planning for you. <laughs> yes, they would be, be more than happy to. So, hey, wish you well, Glenn. Appreciate the call. And we're gonna take a quick break. Stick around for more. All worth money matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. Hey, we've got um, Steve Sprobeck is going to join us. Steve is in our Cincinnati office, financial advisor, and does a, he does a daily radio program in Cincinnati. Um, S- Steve, welcome to the, our, our program. Yeah, good to be with you guys. What is the show that you do on a daily basis? Because, I mean, Pat and I do this for an hour a week, and, like, (laughs) (laughs) obviously you have more energy than we do. My, my, well... And I'm not younger than you. I know that. <laughs> no, it's it's um, no, we call it simply money, and uh, we're on every day uh, on AM radio in Cincinnati. Have been for over 20 years. Uh, I took over as co-host about a year ago, and the best way I put it is, um, if you don't get the Wall Street Journal, um, we're going to talk about probably the five or six more important topics that day. And uh, gets a lot of traction. A lot of people know our name, and and I enjoy the heck out of doing it. Oh, oh, good. And Steve joined us, uh, part of Allworth, about six years ago now. And by the way, if you want to listen to their um, podcast version of it, you can certainly do that at allworthfinancial.com and find it there. But uh, you know, here's the beginning of the year. You've got some data that, um, that looks at the, the top five goals uh, for those yeah. who make financial resolutions. What are those, if you wouldn't? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting that um, for the first time, and I, I can't remember how long, uh, a company called Numerator did, did a pretty interesting survey, and um, more than half of the people responded with financial resolutions. You know, usually it's, I, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or something like that. But um, maybe it's because of a, a rough 2022. Not not real sure, but uh, more than half of the respondents said they were going to do things like save more money, track spending, reduce spending, uh, cut spending, um, financial resolutions. We'll see how long they last because I got a funny feeling they're like weight loss resolutions, and by the third week of January might be out the window. But I, I think it's pretty interesting that that's the focus of a majority of people in the United States. And the, of that survey, were, were majority of them are on changing spending patterns or savings? Yeah, not, not number one, and by a, by a good bunch. Number one uh, financial resolution: save more money. Which I I have a little bit of a problem with. That's that's like saying I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Okay, great idea, but you got to be a little more specific than that. You know, I, I, in in my case, yeah, lose 20 pounds. How do you do it? Well, if I would stop reaching in the fridge in the refrigerator at around 8 p.m. to get that pint of ice cream, I would lose 20 pounds. That's the resolution, not lose 20 pounds. So when you say save more money, okay, um, that's a great concept. But you've really you got to be a little bit you know specific. What am I going to do to save more money? And, and I think the key there is don't make it voluntary. Don't don't say, well, if I have a hundred bucks left over at the end of the month, I'll put that in the bank. You know, be a little bit more specific about what you're going to do in order to save more money. So save more money is the consequence, not the action. And Steve, you've been a financial advisor for how many years? About forty years. Forty years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what? So what? Are, what have you seen with clients over those years of 
the 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 ones that have saved the best, um, the most diligent. Like, what are what are a couple steps that people can do there? You know, it's it's really, and I'm not saying make your life about money. Life is for living, but money is a tool. And I, I think the people that just keep it in mind of what's the purpose of me buying this item? Is it a need or a want? I want to retire. Um, how do I get there? It, it's it's knowing what little steps to take and being intentional. Just, uh, just have a constant in the back of your mind, this is what I need to, to do to attain these goals. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an, a great example. When people sit down with me to do a financial plan to see if they are on track, um, sure, they'll bring in their statements. We'll go over their investments, 401k and everything else. And, and then I get to the million-dollar question. Okay, how much do you spend per month? And nine out of ten Nobody times knows. I get this blank stare. <laughs> right? Knows. I mean, you guys have been there. <laughs> you, you know, it's you funny, know, Steve. It's, I remember years ago we used to use these uh, – when helping people prepare for retirement, we'd have them fill out a budget. Like where oh, – all yeah. the expenses. Yeah. And then you'd look at it and you'd say, okay. Well, get it back. <laughs> well, no, you'd say, I, this says that you've spent as a family six. $62,000 last year, but you had 110000 yeah. come through the checkbook. Where's the other dollars? Like, oh. <laughs> and then kind of realize that instead of trying to yeah. have someone come up with a budget, let's just look at what, when it comes to retirement, what are they actually spending? Which is, which is you know, step true. one in the seven personal decision points for That's obvious right. reasons. Well, when you, but but when, yeah. when you think about it, I think it all goes back in, look, into forcing yourself to, That's why you talked about, you know. Force losing, yourself into what? Forcing yourself into saving, which is why the 401k works so great, or the 457. Or not spending. Yep. Or not spending. Well, first of all, if you're the average American, you're going to spend everything that comes through the house. So the idea is to- We're number one. You're going to stop. <laughs> exactly. You got to stop it before it comes through the house. That's, yeah. that's number yeah, one. If you, don't, if you yeah. don't see it, you don't spend it. And, and I agree with you. That's why 401ks do work. But you can also do payroll deduction for a savings account. That's right. I mean, why not? That, you know, you, you can, if you want to be intentional about saving and getting ahead and attaining your goals, um, take the decision-making away from it, and, you know, just have it automatically done. And was there anything around investing at all? So we talked about the savings, but was there anything around, like, I'm going to become a better investor, the top five goals? No, but but one of them, uh, and this is kind of a, a trick way of, of uh, taking a look at this answer, 40% of the people said they wanted to pay off loans. And, and you know, if you get a, a, a bonus or, or a windfall or, you know, some money drops in your lap, the first thing 99% of the, the people are going to think about is, oh, I can buy what with that, okay? But, you know, a, a credit card is a type of loan. And, and one of the questions I'll ask people is, what would you think if I had a guaranteed 22% rate of return, would you invest in it? And of course, they're going to say, what's the catch? Well, that's what you're doing when you're paying off that's a right. credit card. That's right. So, you know, if you're carrying a balance, and, and I'll tell you what, some of these credit cards today, they're pushing 30%. You know, really? if you read the fine print, which nobody does, yeah, I mean, usually it's a guy named Vinny charging you that kind of, <laughs> okay. you know, interest rate. Yeah, right. yeah, you know? Well, you people know. should not carry no. balances on credit cards. That is no, right. No, don't carry balances. Yeah, and I, I would call that an investment. I, I really would. Uh, pay off yep. your credit cards if you carry a balance. That, that's sure. that's absolutely right. Money not going out is exactly the same as money coming in. So. Yeah, uh, it works that way. Well, we do appreciate you uh, being part when, of what when are you what's your show run? What time uh, or what it's station? On every, it's on every night in Cincinnati AM radio uh, 55 WKRC from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Or you can go on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast and, and just search for Simply Money. Simply Money. Thank so, you, Steve. You appreciate it. Yeah. Um, have a great new year. Good talking to you guys. Yeah. Good talking to you. you too. Yeah. And I don't know if he was joking about wanting to lose 20 pounds, but whatever. <laughs> you know, well, I haven't seen him I, since I before know. the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. He looked good last time I yeah. saw him. So who knows? I guess most of us have. Do you, are you, do you set goals at the beginning of the year? Oh, I think about it, but I, I used to when I was much younger. Yeah. Um, I had a young person ask me, so have you set goals for this year? And I thought, I'm 56. It's a little different. Yeah. You, you know, like, I reflect on my life. What would I like to do a little different this year? That's right. How, what things should I structure different? Are there some people in my life that I want to spend more time with that I haven't spent the time with? 
Um, are there some things I'm doing in my with my days that I'd rather not do or should be doing? I think like that. Uh, what should I lean into? What should I yeah, lean out that's of? That's probably a good way to look. And at. I heard a gentleman say it the other day. He said when he was younger it was force, and now it's flow. And I thought, eh, that probably is what. Force when you're younger, you used to force things, and then as you get older, yeah. you let things flow a well, little bit. Well, one of the benefits of getting older, things a lot of things are just easier. That's true, right? and you, you you know what to ignore. Maybe <laughs> like, that's why things are easier. Right? You're like, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage in that. I'm just gonna let that go. <laughs> There's certain kind of topics with the spouse that you're just gonna, not gonna go. You're just gonna go because <laughs> I know the outcome. After. Whatever you want. Or yeah. coworkers, you're like, yeah, we're younger. When I was 30, I'd actually go to the mat on most of them. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> just going to waste the energy. So anyway, let's, uh, we're going to take a call now. By the way, we are, Pat and myself are going to be in the studio on Thursday, January 19th, just a few days from now, from three to four Pacific time, answering questions, kind of a little call in session. So uh, if you'd like to join us, send us an email, questions at moneymatters.com. You can send that right now. Uh, sign up and we'll get back in touch with you and schedule a time for you to call and we will take your question. Again, questions at moneymatters.com. And let's now go to Michigan and we're going to talk with Jan. Jan, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Yeah, well, yes. Hi, how are you? We're great. Good, Jan. What can we do for you? Hi, um, I have a question. Okay. okay. I retired last year at 59. I'm 60 now, and I have the option to draw down one of my pensions, which is a cash balance. The other one is the FAP that will continue to grow till I turn 65 and, you know, maybe up to 70. My question is to draw down the cash balance. Should I draw it down lump sum or roll it over to a bank account and some type of plan? Okay. I really did need the money to pay my debt in full, so I would be stress-free, but I just didn't know which way to really go. All right, so Jen, you said you're 60, and so I assume that you worked for some old-line company uh, where they converted your pension from a regular pension into a cash balance in the last 10-plus well, years. Well, it, it, it was an original type. For like the first 14 years, yeah, yeah. after 14 years, they converted to that. So it's like the old one is still sitting there. Okay. Um, and then you got the cash balance. So the cash balance is the one that I can take now. That, that's right. That's and right. How much is in the cash balance? Um, roughly 20000 20, And And how much is in the other pension plan? You said that, that you'll start that taking income. Be about, that one should be about 60 or 70 and when they sent me my, when they sent the um the outline all the way up until your age sixty five, it should be at about a hundred thousand. And okay. what are you living off now? I have a part time job. And is that enough for you to live on? No. You own a home. No. And how much debt do you have? Um. About five, six, seven thousand. I just want. I just want to gone. Got it. Got it. Got it. And so, how much are you earning in your part-time job? Uh, it's less than what I was making in my career job. Yeah. So I'm um, here's here's the concern about at sixty years old taking retirement dollars to pay off debt while you're still working. Like, what happens if you're in a position where you can no longer work? A physical condition. I still or have. I, will, I would still have that other pension, my and social 401k. security one, and my social security. And how much is in your four hundred one k? Uh, that's probably about sixty. It got kind of hit with the COVID, yeah. but yeah. And how much money do you have in cash? Actually, I have went through that when I was offered this last year, then found a part time job. Okay. I had. 12 months emergency savings saved up. All right. I, look, I, I think you should work more. I hate to say it. I wouldn't, I, I would try to pay, I would work more and pay that down out of uh, your work. It's harder to pay it down without the money that I used to make. I understand. But you, when did you, how did you accumulate this 5,000? Did that all happen since you've been unemployed? Since you, um, some of it, yes. Yes. 
emergency thing. Yeah, and so what? I mean, I, Scott, I gotta, t- I gotta, t- I would take ten thousand. She, she's a low tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year. Um, yeah. I here's would, what. Here's what. I, I suggest we would suggest you roll that into an IRA, the cash balance into an IRA, and just take out only what you need to pay off that credit card. And leave the rest in a in a high yielding account. Yep. Okay, how does the IRA? Okay, that's what I thought. But how does the IRA? Can you take money you out? Can, sure, once yeah. a year, anytime or, you want, I mean, every day. Yeah, once you're over age fifty nine and a half, you can take it out every day if you want. So I'd roll the oh, twenty thousand. It's, ta- it's taxable to you when you pull it out. That's the only thing you need to be. And so you're just going to take out the $6,000 to pay off the debt, and you're going to worry about your tax liability on that in the year 2024. Okay. All right. So you might get a tax bill on there. It depends on what your income for the year is, but you may not. It depends on how much money you make in the total year. So I would roll the $20,000 into a bank CD or a high-yield money market account. Um, that you can find online almost anywhere, and then take out the 6000 pay down that debt, try not to ever touch this again, and try to get some more and hours. I'm, and the more I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, if you're my sister, I, w- like, I-, I would say, Jan, we there's no way we should take Social Security until we're age 70. Oh, I wasn't taking Social Security, period. Not now. I'm still no, I understand. I understand. I understand. You're, you're not eligible today, but you will be in a couple of years. But there's such a big difference in the amount of monthly income you get in two years from now versus the time you're age 70. I would frankly right. rather see you having to spend down some of that pension or 401k dollars between the ages of 60 to 70 to have a higher Social Security payment down the road than, I w- than, than taking it earlier. That, taking Social Security before it's 70 could be disastrous for you. For you. For you. For, so, so I, I some wasn't pe- going to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So good. hold off on that. Uh, and roll that money into a high yield money market account. Take the six grand and try to get some more. Quite frankly, you need more income, uh, right? Because I need to rebuild my emergency fund, which that's I right, always yes. live. That's up, right, which I always hate. That's right. That's right. So appreciate the call. Yeah, we wish you well, Jan, and um, hope things go well. It's it's interesting. Social Security. If you've listened to this program for a long period of time, it's different for everybody. First of all. But as a general rule, if you need Social Security, that income for your retirement income, wait as long as possible. The more dependent you are uh, on that. That's probably a better way to put the it. The more dependent. And the majority of Americans, for the majority of Americans, Social Security income is the majority of their retirement income. So the majority of Americans should wait till age 70 to collect Social Security. Which isn't the case at all. Which is no, not the case. No, at all. no, not not at all. They take it. Most people take it as early as they can. Right. But most people don't listen to this program. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've accumulated multiple millions, then you're probably you would, better off taking it early because of can. legislative changes coming in the future. As so, soon as you can. Yeah, it's trade off. All right, Scott. We talked about the changes in the four hundred one ks. Here's the big one. So for those people that and this Iris, all came that by the way, that big spending package. This is all part of the big spending package that Congress signed, uh, passed, and the president signed. The final days of 2022, we've got the Federal Reserve raising interest rates to slow down the economy to slow inflation. Right on the one hand, then you've got Congress spending money like there's no one's business. There's more pork in that. Thing that was that's re- all right. Do you disgusting. want to? Uh, are you are you okay now? You ready? No, I mean, are you ready? <laughs> I try not to worry things I have no control over, and it's it's look, it's yeah, it is ridiculous. There, it's that one is trying to slow, and the other, uh, Scott, I don't think they worry about uh, that. I think they worry most of them worry about more about getting reelected, no, and playing it right rather than the outcome. So. So here's even the, if you have to embellish your resume to get oh that's something apparently. that is something <laughs> we won't talk about the that Santos. Santos oh that is something that is something all right that is uh, all right sorry I brought that up let's focus on the four <laughs> okay I know I was talking to my children about that I'm like this is amazing this Santos what's his first name 
I don't know. Um, Let's move on. New York <laughs> congressman. Okay, so required minimum distributions have moved to age 73 versus 72 from your IRAs. And this starts January 1 of 2023. And in 2033... So if you have yet to hit your required minimum distribution age... Um, you just got another uh, another year, and uh, in the year twenty thirty three, it moves to seventy five. But it's it's bumped progressively until that point. It's, according to yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the fine print on it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I yeah yeah, I'm thinking yeah, make this complicated. <laughs> and no then the other was it was it's still we, we, we're digging into it. it is five twenty nine. Plans up to thirty five thousand can be moved into a Roth IRA by the year twenty twenty four, but we have not seen any of the um, that was in the legislation that passed. But we haven't seen any of the particulars, so don't, we don't know what if it's you, an repeat, annual. Wait, repeat that. What do you money in a five twenty nine plan? So if you were putting money away for your kids in a five twenty nine plan, you are now allowed to convert it to a Roth IRA in the year twenty twenty four in your own name. We, we 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 don't know yet. This is okay. we don't know yet. This is all that we're seeing. Um, and then they increase uh, they increase the contribution limits for four hundred one ks to uh, twenty two thousand five hundred dollars, up from twenty thousand five hundred dollars. So another two grand, and then you do the catch up provision. If you're over age fifty, which is another seventy five hundred dollars, so you can put a maximum. Of thirty thousand dollars, if you are over the age of fifty, and twenty-two thousand five hundred, if you're under the age of fifty. And by the way, just go on and do it if you can. Put the maximum into your four hundred one k if possible. We also uh, Roth accounts that are issued by your employer. So this would be Roth four hundred one ks, etc. You won't have to worry about required minimum distributions beginning in twenty twenty four. <laughs> um, part-time part-time employees are eligible for 401k sooner which is that's a good thing there's also an automatic uh enrollment minimum contribution of three percent of pay effective 2025 so as an employee employees the option to opt out but go to work from somewhere they're automatically going to enroll you in that if they have a 401k if they have a 401k um there's you can pull money out for an emergency. You can use it as an emergency savings. I I didn't quite get this. I didn't get this that you could put twenty five hundred dollars a year in, and what I came to understand it's because you could get the employer match on it. Um, but they may or may not offer a match on these emergency savings. So I've read a couple different accounts of this. Um. You know, I I think a lot of this stuff is just this $2,500 for emergency savings in a Roth account is just window dressing, just garbage. Just doesn't help people. Um, you know, if you can't save $2,500 outside of your uh, 401k, you're probably going, well, maybe, just it's for savings. Well, as Steve uh, earlier in the program yeah. made mention, you can also have a <laughs> payroll deduct money going to a savings account. That's right. Um, and if you miss your required minimum distribution, the penalty is no longer 50%, it's 25%, which I've been doing this for 30 years, plus years. I don't know if I've, well, we are financial advisors. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone miss an RMD. Oh, I have. Have you? Oh, yes. A big one? Like three years in a row. They came to me and they had missed three years in a row. And did they end up paying the? And I said, "Here's what you need to do. You you need to take those out. You need to notify the IRS and pay the taxes on it." And I said, "So what if I just t- start taking the requirement of distributions out today?" I said, "Well, that's then you can try that." Well, that was a different age. And he tried that, and he never got audited. That was a different age, yes, though. That's great. It, it, where now the trustee. IR custodian reports to the IRS. Back in those days, there was no one reporting to the IRS what yes. the account balances were and what the um, required minimum yes. distribution. But now, in, in fact, this goes to a whole subject. Half half of the population probably doesn't really even need to file a tax return. All you know, the information with, that. But uh, with the twenty five percent penalty, 
There might actually be a time and some planning when you'd recommend somebody to skip your required minimum distribution and take it out the following year. Someone has a sale of a business or something, and the next year there's going to have a very low tax, taxable income. I bet there'll be some planning around that. You look at me like I'm crazy? I'm or you thinking think- that's <laughs> actually fascinating that your brain thinks that way. I, what do you mean? <laughs> I, don't, I take that as a compliment. No, 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 no. I, 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 it's a 25% penalty, yeah. right? The top, federal, top federal rate's roughly 40, let's call it 40%, plus state. There might be a time when someone's at the highest um, income this year. Next year, they're going to be in a very low or no tax taxable income other than a required minimum distribution. You might have them forego a required minimum distribution. And pay the, and pay the 25% on it in the next might year. Might be less taxation. Could be. Yeah. That's interesting. That's one out of them. <laughs> one out of a million, maybe. But <laughs> That's interesting. So. Um, there we go. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it would certainly be nice to see more portability around 401ks. In other words, allowing people to transfer their balance to an IRA of their choosing, to a firm of their choosing. Oh, while they're employed. Yes. Because what ends up happening, and we see it a lot, Pat, people come to us mid-50s, they want help. Their largest savings is their 401k. We do the best we can. But but some some 401ks, we have the ability to actively, to actually manage the account. Which means we can trade in the account and put for our them. models and whatnot, but th- that's a minority of companies. Most people, it's like, well, here's what you do, we can do, and this is how eh, this is how you often you should look at it, and this is what you should send to me. It's a very mechanical process. Yeah. So, but I don't think we're going to see any sort of portability come. Uh, I've been talking about it for thirty years, and we've yet to see it. So yeah. I don't think we'll see it. So uh, before we go, if um, yeah, our, re- our re- workshops we've got coming up. Yep. Um, our seven personal decision point workshop. This is if you're nearing retirement and or recently retired, you you really ought to come to one of these workshops. You'll learn something. I guarantee you're gonna we walk through the steps that things you need to think about in this retirement process. Yes. You'll learn something and you'll make better decisions as a result. We're gonna be in Cincinnati January twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth, and twenty-eighth. We'll be in Sacramento the first second and fourth of february and we'll be in denver the second and fourth of february you can get all the information at allworthfinancial.com forward slash workshops we're out of time it's been great being with you this is allworth's money matters this program has been brought to you by allworth financial a registered investment advisory firm any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.